0: You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. This is the Signs of the Times special podcast from Joshua Nations. An ongoing healthy conversation between normal people, ministers, and missionaries about what is going on around the world. Is prophecy being fulfilled and what should we do about it?
1: Okay, so good evening, everybody. We are uh, busy with our, uh, for lack of better words, End Times Prophecy or Signs of the Times uh, podcast and uh, tonight we've got uh, Reverend Chris Crane and Dr. Sam Douglas with us and uh, we're going to be looking at the rapture and uh, why is it so controversial and uh, what does it actually mean and is the concept of rapture actually in scripture and if so what scripture and I'm going to probably get Dr. Sam, since he's got a a really broad overview of the church uh, and uh, with his ministry that he has, um, maybe dig into why it is not taught, why is it so controversial? And um, yeah, so Chris, if you would like to start us off, I would uh, really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, well, I rededicated my... I, I really got born again, asked Jesus into my heart when I was seven years old. That was like 1975. And then I, you know, I didn't really have a good example. I had to rededicate when I was 14 years later. And then as an adult, I rededicated my life in uh, 1990. And back then I had, I read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. By the time I was 13 years old, back in the nineties, the The idea of a rapture was something that was well known to me. I accepted it. I believed in it, believed in the pre-tribulation rapture. And for me, as far as I can remember back, the issue of the rapture of the church before the tribulation period in Revelation was just... I I was okay with it. I was convinced that's that's the way it was. Then, something happened. I think it was when I was, and I had done some studies on it. Um, in, in my twenties, in my thirties, I had done some studies. So again, it, it, the idea of a rapture, how it was going to occur in the prophetic timeline was all set in my mind. And then when I was in Los Angeles, like around 2007, 2008 people that I respected people that I knew were born again and, and saved and studied the Bible studied scripture started coming to me with these ideas from videos that they had seen on YouTube and maybe this started to occur within the body of Christ around that time because the social media watching videos conspiracy theories documentaries was getting more popular we were getting more away from corporate television and more into videos like on YouTube and social media and stuff. So people started coming to me and saying, hey, Chris, Christian g- people that I know are born again, they're born again today, they're brilliant people. Saved, going to heaven, filled with the Spirit of God, they're saying, hey, Chris, have you heard? You know, I heard this teaching that the word rapture isn't even in the Bible. Or did you hear that there's really no pre-tribulation rapture, There or there's no rapture at all? And all these ideas were coming. So I was like, fine. I I was kind of taken aback by it because again, this issue was settled in my mind. This doctrine, there was no question about it. So what it did is it forced me to go back and really start to study the scripture and really take another look at scripturally at the rapture. So, because I don't wanna take too much time and I wanna get to Sam and his ideas, I'll just take on that first question. One of the big things was, did you know that the word rapture isn't even in the Bible? And, well, yeah, unless you have a Latin Bible. But, you know, the word casa is not in the Bible either. That's Spanish for house. But, you know, the word house and home is like 50 times in the English Bible. So, technically, you can say the word rapture isn't in the Bible, but the concept of a rapture, it's a different word. In, in the Greek, it's harpazo, which means a harpooning. That's where we get the word harpoon from. It's like a snatching, a violent or a sudden uh, taking away. And in the Latin Bible, the word is raptura, or rapturo, I'm not sure which one because I don't speak Latin but that is the word raptura is in the latin bible and then of course in the french you have the word rapture which is the same as the greek word harpazo and the french words just sound so much better sometimes and in my opinion rapture is more elegant and better than the word harpazo so in the modern vernacular christians when they talked about the taking away or the snatching away of god's saints from earth up into heaven instead of using the word harpazo we use the word rapture so the idea the concept of the theme of a rapture is most certainly in the bible and after we after we hear from sam we can get a little bit more into that
3: well uh, chris uh, i'm i'm you're spot on uh, the word rapture though in church history uh doesn't show up Uh, for centuries, and the first uh, theologian that, in fact, uh, he was probably the founder of the whole concept of what we would call the dispensational premillennial view and dispensationalism. His name was Darby, and uh, he's the one that came up with that whole visual linear Uh, and you get the differences and some people say well i'm pre-trib mid-trib post-trib whatever and it's a linear timeline and he tried to graph it out and then clarence larkin came along and i've got i've got it's huge he did all the charts on dispensational premillennialism Uh, and uh and, but those all came about prior to in church history prior to World War One. There were a lot of people that were post uh, The you know we were getting into the uh, the era of hey things are going great America's the new land. Uh, then World War One happened and they said hmm well that's just a glitch and uh, and so they weren't quite as postmillennial. But then when World War Two hit, all of a sudden whoa. Uh, the world's not getting better, and uh, we're, not, we're not setting up the kingdom in a way where he's just going to come walking in. Well, we got to look at this. So they went back, and depending on what school of, of divinity you went to, uh, it became a hot topic. Uh, I, I was born in 1950, and I trusted Christ in 1956. And uh, back then, they, the big issue in church was modernism, that's what they called it. And we would call it liberalism and other things in today's vernacular. But uh, I remember I grew up in a dispensational premillennial church and, and Clarence Larkin, his big book was there. And uh, in fact, I would say I grew up in a probably a hyper dispensational premillennial church. In fact, my dad led me to the Lord, discipled me, was my hero, I had a godly father. And I remember when I went to seminary, I came home and started discussing, well, dad, what about the amillennial, premillennial, mid-trip, pre, how much of the tribulation we're gonna go through and all that. And my dad turned red in the face. And so much so that if you were, he made the statement one time, if you are not a premillennialist, I question your salvation. And uh, you know, if, I've been if you're there, not- Sam. Huh? <laughs>
2: I've been there early on. Yeah. I, I was I was the same way early on, but, and I'm going to address
3: that as well. But go ahead. Yeah, you know, and uh, but you're right. The word rapture though is not in the Hebrew Old Testament. Is in the New Testament. It is in the Latin Vulgate, and like you said a moment ago. Um, but then you you had a school, for instance, Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, was one of the, the hotbeds of premillennialism. You had the White Pentecost, you had, and they had classes on it. In fact, it was part of, if you're going to be a student, this is the view you will espouse before you graduate. And it was out of that school. You had guys like uh, Hal Lindsay, who wrote The Late Great Planet sure. Earth. Uh, you have guys like Tim LaHaye. Yeah, you've got a, uh, you know, he came along with all the novels on the um, years, number of years ago um, about you know the rapture and and uh, and so I went through. I was in college during the Vietnam War in 1968. I went in as a freshman, graduated in '72, but I was in the middle of, of all of that. And then you also had the hippie movement, the Jesus freak movement, and uh, and all of a sudden you had movies like The Thief in the Night, you know, yep. and boy, it was frightening. And then you had, uh, and then you had uh, Billy Graham. Boy, he would bring it in his crusades, and he w- he would talk about the the coming of Christ and about the rapture. And um, you know, I know in, in in previous discussions, you guys had you know. It's not about fear. Well, for those who have trusted Christ, it's not fearful. It's something that's it's the blessed hope to look forward to. But if you're not a Christian, you watch a film like the thief in the night. I know thousands <laughs> of teenagers who trusted Christ because guess what? You're going to miss out. Right. And if you miss out, dude, you, you, you don't catch the bus and you, and you don't get to go to heaven. You're going to burn. And, and, and so there is a... And and there is a healthy fear. We don't hear a lot of sermons on hell anymore. We don't hear a lot of sermons on the rapture or or even heaven anymore. I mean, how many people do you know that are 30, 25 to 35 or 40, where they're hearing it from the pulpit? I heard it from the pulpit all the time. And you had prophecy conferences. You had uh, on end times conferences. And the School of the Prophets, I remember W.A. Criswell, First Baptist Dallas, he had the School of the Prophets, and it was about end times. And I mean, it was a whole week and all the pastors would come. Those days are gone. And there is now, there is a vacuum. Sam, right, I, but the, I, go ahead, I just want to
1: ask Sam anything. here real quick. Sam, um, why do you think that is? What happened in the church that, because when I grew up as a kid uh, back in Africa, I, I I watched it. I just actually watched the fief in the night with my kids uh, and Dr. Scott Bottoms that's on, he, he makes the statement that he says um, he's okay with his kid, kids being afraid of going to hell and that's why they're getting saved. And I'm to the same point where I'm okay if, if my kids are choosing Jesus because they're afraid of hell then I'm good with that. And so I watched the feast in the night with them. And uh, actually my, my, my son Jesse the other day is like, uh, how do I know that I'm really safe? Because I'm, I'm scared that I'm gonna miss the rapture and I'm gonna be here by myself. But um, that's neither here nor there. But Sam, what happened in the church? You've been around the longest out of all of us over here. What happened in the church? Why, in your uh, best guesstimation, did we stop?
3: And well, where did we stop? you stop? You, you begin to see it uh, at the end of the seventies, eighties, when the Jesus freak movement. Uh, th- this was the, the the time in history where you had Woodstock and love-ins and free love and we all love each other, love, 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 love. And so anything that was uh, had any negative fearful overtones that was that's uncomfortable and and then you got into uh you know there was a pushback Uh, people say well you don't want to scare people into heaven you know well i want them in heaven if it's you know you scare them whatever and if they're scared and but they do trust christ you know then hey they'll hug my neck later but hey we it's the kind of thing we took, we, we made love the overarching thing and anything that wasn't lovey-dovey, and warm and fuzzy. This was the kumbaya generation. Sit around a campfire, kumbaya, my lord, that kind of thing. And it was the love-in kind of feel. And so uh, they quit showing thief in the night. But we had always had camp, then you started to have campfires and it was loving on each other. And then you had that generation though that came on up, and they weren't taught. Seminaries now don't even talk about this a- yeah. anymore. And, and, and so we did it with ignorance. And, and so, see,
2: here's here's where I'm coming from the rapture. But I just want to go back real quick. But but the idea of an harpazo, a taking away, is in, is in scripture before sure. uh, the guys you said were trying to explain it and come up with their timelines. Before that, there still was the concept of a harpazo uh, sure. within
3: scripture. So in the moment in a twinkling of an eye, I mean, you know. Yes, yes, that's yeah.
2: harpazo. Yeah, yeah. So so when, when all these things started coming out at me about there isn't a rapture or the rapture's not in the Bible and all this stuff, it, it, it was challenge accepted for me because here's how I look at it. God's going to do what He wants to do, when He wants to do it, how He wants to do it. What I believe or what I think is not going to affect on how God's going to do something. And I am a truth seeker. I don't care if the rapture is after the millennium, before the millennium, in the middle of the tribulation, tomorrow, next week. I don't care. Right. But so many people were coming up with me. I was like, fine. I am going to go to scripture, forget books that I've read, forget the timelines, For forget the videos that I've saw, forget what people are telling me, forget all that. And let's just go to scripture and see what the scripture has to say about the subject of the rapture. So the first way I look at this uh, don't get into the timeline and when the rapture if there is going to be a rapture of the church Don't get into that one. That's going to happen yet Let's just look at the theme of a harpazo a rapture a taking away A catching up whatever you want to call it. Let's just look at that first. Is that theme? Is that concept in scripture?
3: Sure my, my spirit bears witness with yours uh, at everything you're saying. And I remember, you see, in, in the Old Testament, they looked forward by faith that the, that the Messiah was coming. By faith, they looked forward. We have to have double vision. We look back by faith at the cross, believing He did come, but we look forward to His coming again. So we look out of both sides of our head, okay? And look yeah. back, look forward okay so but right yeah go ahead go ahead sam go ahead i'm sorry No, but i remember in class in seminary this was in the uh, 70s it was a heated topic because the thief of the night and lindsay's book and all that was coming out and people were discussing it and i remember my professor who stood before the class and he said guys it's by faith we do all of this but the difference is we can teach about the birth of Christ and the first coming, and it's historical fact. This is faith in the future, and we don't know all the details. Right. Okay. And so it's a different kind of faith, you know, and we believe we got it right. And he, then he summed it up. He said, Some of you here are pre-trib, pre-millennial. Some of you are mid-trib, and some of you are post-trib, all-millennial. He went down the whole list. He said, let me tell you what I am. He said, I have a view, but I'm pro-millennialist. I'm for him coming back when he's good and ready, when the Father sends him, and I just need to be ready. I need to be ready and operate between now and then, and whenever that then is, I just want to be ready, and I want to be part of it. So, I, I, so I'm promillenist, and like you, you know, we don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, we we do know. Actually, I'm I'm when we get to the end of this, when I get to the end, I'm going to tell you we do know. We don't know exactly when, but I'm going yeah. to show you scripturally if you follow. along, I'll show you scripturally we do know uh, when the rapture is going to occur. But before we get there, let's just first look at the theme. Or the concept of a rapture, not in a video, not in a book, not from some teacher, from Scripture.
1: Chris so, making some uh, Chris making some bold statements. I can't <laughs> wait to see where where this is going.
2: <laughs> Again, God's going to do what he wants. To, what I believe or what I think. No man will... knows the hour. No one. <laughs> right. But I father. will tell you at the end of this, I'm going to tell you what I see in Scripture. When we get to the end whether it be this week or next week but first let's just look at the concept of a rapture so the first rapture that occurs in scripture is in the book of genesis and it is enoch there there there's your first one Uh, in the very first book of the bible you already have a rapture occurring to where there is a human being that did not see death he just was no more because God, The I believe Genesis says that God took him. He yeah. was harpazoed. He was raptured. He was gone in a twinkle of an eye, uh, however you want to see it. So uh, when was the next one in, scri- in Scripture? You got Elijah. You got it. You got it. So then the next one in Scripture was Elijah. The Bible tells us that Elijah didn't die. There was a witness there, Elisha saw Him go up in the chariots of fire. He did not die. He was harpazzoed. He was raptured. He was taken from earth, bodily and alive, from earth into heaven. And then there is another rapture in Scripture after that.
3: Well, I don't know if you call it a rapture or not, but you have Philip, when he's transported, he's not transformed into heaven, but he's transported Uh, From Samaria to the backside of the desert where he met the Ethiopian eunuch. So it's a little bit different,
2: right? And and the word in the Greek is harpazo. He was harpazo. Yes, but there was one before Philip There's another rapture and see what I'm doing because people you know what I'm talking about Everyone's heard what I've talking what I'm talking about but you don't think of it in the term uh, when uh, in terms of a rapture And what I'm trying to do is show you that this concept is nothing new. It's not an unusual theme for God. So before Philip, you have the ascension of Jesus in front of 500 witnesses. And then the angel said, as you see him uh, going up, you're going to see him come down in the same way. So in Scripture, um, as of now, you have you have Enoch, you have Elijah, you have Jesus, and then, like you pointed out, you you could also say that Philip is a rapture. Philip is different in the sense that Philip stayed on Earth and he right. didn't go up into heaven. But we can see that God can transport someone from sure. one place to another. That that theme is not unusual. It's not something you know crazy or some uh, uh, out of you know improper doctrine. The idea of a rapture, the concept and a theme of a rapture is all throughout scripture. So now let's uh, talk about some foreshadows of the future rapture. Now, there are some other raptures that you've talked about, we'll all be changing in Tweakland and I, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where we meet Jesus in the air, here in the clouds. But there are some foreshadows of before Revelation. uh, No, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the prophetic raptures, the raptures that are yet to occur, there are some foreshadows of those in Scripture. And I'll give you... So the first one would be Noah. Noah is a type or a foreshadowing of a rapture. You had eight human beings. God said that His wrath was coming down, and it was gonna destroy everything. So as God's wrath came down, His righteous people were lifted above the earth in the ark while God's wrath was taking place. When God's wrath had subsided, then God's people came back down to earth. So there you have another foreshadow of a rapture. And scripture, I believe it's either in Hebrews or Peter, actually alludes to that and tells us that Noah was a foreshadow of the rapture. And then there's another foreshadow of the rapture. Any guesses on that, Billy? Sam? What would be the next one? Sodom, Gomorrah. So again, in Sodom and Gomorrah, you have a foreshadowing of the wrath of God coming down, there being righteous people in the place where God's wrath was about to come down, but God had to take them out. Even when the angels came to Lot, they even said, Lot, you and your family have to get out of here because we can't do what God has told us to do. God's wrath cannot come and tell you guys are, are get out. And Scripture also tells us that that is a foreshadow of the Rapture.
3: So... So let's, let's you, grab that a minute. Let me grab that a Go minute. ahead, sure. Sure. Because as we look, we've been in Matthew 24, and and then you find the other passages, and I'm going to look at your Noah one for instance. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be, and he goes into the end times, okay. Uh-huh. noah preached 120 years no one they wrote him off thought he was a crazy kind of guy but he got his kids on board his sons and their wives and maybe before he was over they, they had grandchildren who knows okay but if we're living as it was if we're living in the times which we say we are as it was in the days of Noah. Why don't we? Why? Why aren't our voices heard? That's number one, why aren't we boldly preaching? Hopefully, it won't take one hundred and twenty years, but boldly preaching. And then, why are we not training our people how to get your kids on board? Amen. I believe that. I think there's some practical applications that we need to get serious about. and, and that's uh, why and I that, think.
2: It's important to discuss this stuff because it's not just doom and gloom and tribulation and God's wrath. What it does is it, it's, it motivates you. It gives you a passion of fire because remember revelation is the revealing
3: of Jesus. Well, when (laughs) you take what we have lost because we're not preaching it anymore. Uh, Billy Graham's dead. We don't hear his voice anymore. People that proclaimed it, uh, you, you know, those old movies from the 70s and the books from the 80s, and, and those are gone. Who are the new We have lost our sense of urgency. Right, yes. And that sense of urgency and the return of Christ and the reality of hell and uh, the seriousness of it. It's amazing how we've gone silent. Part of it's out of ignorance. Much of it's because they're not doing it. They don't want to be controversial in seminaries anymore. Where's the boldness? Noah had a chunk of boldness that was off the chart and courage. And he was going to be obedient to God. He didn't really. And so when you preach on these things, you preach out of obedience under the leadership of the Holy Spirit with boldness and authority. And we've lost that. Yeah. Yeah
2: and and we're actually that's good because we are in a couple of weeks that is going to be one of our topics is as it was in the days of Noah and what makes the days of Noah unique but that's another topic for a couple of weeks <laughs> but that is that is coming up but here's
1: here's here's the thing that what Sam's hitting that that and I think I, I see a kind of it's coming through every episode that we've had is there's a lack in the church of communication about what's going on that's why we see ignorance in the broader sense of the church um, when it comes to this topic and all of a sudden people want to know and like sam says there's nobody that can give them the answers to this i mean because of course, there's
2: n- they- because there's no script there's no one scripture. The problem is, is there's no one scripture that says the ra- the prophetic end times raptures happen like this, this and this. What God does is he gives you he gives you foreshadows, he gives you types, he gives you hints and he gives you patterns because it's that uh, the proverbs that it's the the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search it out. Because the Bible tells us when you search for God, he promises that you will find him. And when he leaves these patterns and these foreshadows and all these things all throughout scripture, he wants you to dig in. He wants you to get into those scriptures. And as you're looking, my challenge was scripturally, how does the prophetic end times raptures, how, what do those look like? What do those occur? So, so are, you, how are you saying, Chris? Are, are you saying that 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 our church culture
1: has become one where people are not searching the scriptures for themselves, where where they just sit and they and they just want, and and the men of God? Sam, go ahead.
3: Yeah, but the, it, it's we're seeing the fulfillment of another scripture of the end times. They will seek for themselves to speakers who will tickle their ears. We're in the ear tickling generation, uh, you know, contemporary topics, uh, movie themes, uh, what's new in the culture, the all the woke stuff. And I mean, we and, and we and we want to be popular. Noah didn't worry about being popular. He was operating out of obedience. And, so, yeah, and so so if, we don't know how to operate in that. We, we we want to draw the crowd and the crowd gets turned off, goes, hey man, that was a scary sermon. I felt uncomfortable in that worship. I don't know. Ooh, this hell stuff, man. I, I'm going to another church. So and when they so walk yeah. out of the church, there go the yeah. offerings.
2: Yeah, so yeah. So if you believe in a in a post-tribulation rapture, you're gonna go hear speakings on that. But here's the thing, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, which I'm going to show you, you'll go to guys that teach on that, but they don't back it up with scripture. And And in order to back it up with scripture, you've got to do some digging. You've got to do some searching. And what I'm saying is, is God intended it that way because it's through the searching that Jesus is revealed. It's through the searching that you see the glory and the wonder and the honor of God in in the searching. And, And that's what we're lacking in the church is the searching of scripture. If you believe something, it may be true. It may be correct but back it up with scripture back it up with the word you don't have to apologize for the bible you don't have to make excuses for the bible you don't have to hide or be ashamed of the bible the bible says what it says it's the truth and that's where i go hey chris i just want to take a shot in the dark over here real quick but
3: you're pretty passionate
1: about what you're just talking (laughs) Uh, uh, about right
3: (laughs) but really what he's saying is this is for instance, you got to dig in God's word. You said that several times. Uh, you've got to search the scriptures. That is work, work, and guys don't want to work. That's number one. Number two, not only it's, it's a it's a determination to dig for those gold gems and whatever. And what happens? They, it's work to do all that, and it takes time. And we're living in a generation, just give me the stuff, quick answer, instant. Air. I mean, it's a lost art.
2: And it's that's what I'm saying. when it comes to the rapture, people want one, maybe two scriptures that say the rapture is gonna look like this and occur like this, boom, boom, boom. And that's what they want. And then you you kind of have that in First in Thessalonians chapter four, but then you can you can, well, when, you know, in the timeline of future prophecy, when is that event going to occur? And that's what people want. They want a scripture that says that, but there, it's not there. You've got to take the whole
3: of the word and put it together. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you to myself, he's talking about the rapture. I'm coming Amen. back to yes. you, guys. Yes,
2: yeah, yes, yes, yes. What's your shot in the dark, Billy?
1: No, no, I, I just, I just wanted to say that you're, uh, you're pretty passionate about what you're talking about, and then I think Sam is, is equally as, as passionate um, with what, with what's going on,
3: on on the podcast tonight. Go ahead, Sam. Well, it's the, the thing. I, I uh, for me, okay, it is what it is. There's been a dumbing down, lack of preparation, not digging, quit talking about it, seminary, and and all of the things we're talking about. Now, what do we do about it? How do we fix it? How do we, what's the practical application? Because we're dealing with gross ignorance of people, and that's not a negative word, that's just, they don't know. I mean, no one's ever talked about it. You She's and I, Chris and I, and, and really all of us were blessed and privileged to grow up in an environment that nurtured this, and we're free to talk about it. And but you know, if you stop and think, if a if a brand new baby Christian right now is listening to this podcast, we're using terms. I mean, there's a glossary of terms here and a, and a whole list of scripture and they're going, they're drinking from a fire hydrant. <laughs> you know,
1: it's, it's you can you use one of those. It's a, I, I had to write it down. It's this sensational premillennialist. I mean those are things that I haven't even heard of and, I, and I, I'm drinking from a fire hydrant just just hearing those things I I know that pe-
3: I just didn't know the names I know what people believe um uh, there's seven dispensations okay a dispensation of innocence dispensation of law did you get in it we're in that age of grace on this side of the cross I mean there's dispensations all laid out you know so I mean anyway it- so
1: Sam you you haven't been a you this this is your first time on the podcast and uh, hopefully we'll we'll have you back week after week um, because I would like for the other guys that are part of the podcast just to uh to hear your views but it sounds like you're pretty much in agreement with us that we're very we're, we're getting close we're we're getting close to the end we're 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 pretty much Pretty much. It. We're not
3: putting a date. a you time it. Like, go ahead. You ended your la- the la- in Matthew 24. You ended and on the very last verse, and this it says, "This is the beginning of the birth pains. Whoa! When I read that, "Beginning of the birth pains, how much of the birth pains are we going to go through? <laughs> Whew, I'm ready well, this- to get. I'm ready to get this baby out of here. This may be a long. <laughs> Labor period.
2: <laughs> well, then Scott was Scott was thinking we're past that, and I was kind of seeing where Scott was coming from, and I'm like, you know, maybe we're not at the beginning of the birth pains. We're beyond it at this point. So I'm with you. It's it's close. It's coming. It's 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 closer well, you're than right. we think. I believe.
3: I believe you're exactly. I used to say I I used to say well, you know, then there's, uh, there's a lot of scripture that had been fulfilled stuff and. You know, I probably won't see the Lord coming again, but my kids will or grandkids. But now, He can come in my lifetime. There's only one or two things left. Every tongue, every ethnos has not heard the gospel yet. And that's why I'm devoting my life to that one part. If we can get everybody to hear the gospel, there's no more reason for Him not to come. I'm, I'm right. waiting for the right. Heavenly Father to say, Son, go get your bride.
2: <laughs>
3: you see, and, and one of the conversations that I've
1: had uh, in recent history, Sam, is um, in our generation, you included, you're, you're a little bit ahead of, of Chris and I, uh, Chris is a little bit ahead of me, and uh, I'm pretty much the baby when it comes to these things. Um, in our generation, those people haven't been reached. But we're not sure if in previous generations, they were reached but we're not going to stop what we're doing right now because as far as we're concerned they've not been reached and we're going to go and we're going to run after them as hard as we can so just in conversation which which um, uh, you brought it up uh, was um, what are we going to do and one of the previous podcasts i i asked the questions isn't it too late where we find ourselves So uh, go ahead, Sam. You're shaking your head over here. So what do you you
3: say about that? No, I love this podcast. I see. No, listen. Whoever is going to listen to this, this is a wake-up call. Get your head out of the sand. There's a world dying and going to hell. And if we don't tell them, if not us, then who? If not you, who's going to do it? Who's going to be the next mouthpiece? And, and there's a sense of urgency, heaviness for a lost world. Yeah. People don't care if their buddies go to hell or not. Nah, that's their decision. They don't. They haven't done the Bible study on hell. <laughs> uh, I mean, I and so I I, I hope this rekindles and and, and causes a uh, uh, the, there's still some colds down in there, but. Uh, but I'm saying for the next generation, uh, I, I pray that this will be a wake-up call and that there will be a burden. So, I mean, I, I love this podcast, but, but there's, because it's got substance to it. But if, if, you know, I just hope it gets out and, and is propagated, but it's time for us to wake up and, and understand what's really right before us. I mean, just today, today, in the last 24, 48 hours, the leaders of the countries that make up God, Magog, Meshach, and Tubal, they had their first meeting. Ezekiel 38, yep. Yes, sir. They had their very first meeting in the last 48 hours. I'm Dude, telling you, it's, and, it, it's and, 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 and they're all focused. They've got Israel in the crosshairs.
2: I'm telling you, it, it, it's coming. So... What do we have to look forward to? So we we talked about the theme, the concept of a rapture, a harpazo, a taking away is all throughout Scripture. It's nothing unusual. It's nothing brand new to this generation. It's been in Scripture since Genesis and Enoch. So when anyone says the concept or the theme or the doctrine of a taking away is not in scripture turn them off stop giving them money don't listen to them anymore go somewhere that talks about scripture okay (laughs) so we have enoch we have elijah we have jesus that have already occurred we have the foreshadows of noah and sodom and gomorrah so there is a 70th week of Daniel, a 70-year period that is left that the book of Revelation talks about, that 70th week of Daniel. So in Scripture, it tells us not from a book I read, not from a podcast that I heard or a friend that I was talking to. Scripture shows us that during the 70th week of Daniel, during the tribulation period, there are actually not one, not two, but there are three raptures that are yet to occur. Before the 70th week of Daniel starts, you have the rapture of the church in Revelation chapter 4. In Revelation chapter 7, you see that another rapture has occurred, which is the 144,000 and the people that they have ministered to, and that have come to Jesus, which is which their main ministries to Jews, but in Zechariah chapter eight verse twenty-two, it, it coincides with the one hundred forty-four thousand. There will be ten Gentiles on the sh- on the skirt of every Jew that gets saved during that period. They're going to come to them and say, "We heard God is with you," because they've been going through the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. Then Scripture tells us before. Now, people talk about the coming of Jesus, the return of Jesus. There are two parts. There is the appearing in the clouds, which happens pre-tribulation, where we meet Jesus in the clouds, the, the, the church. Then you have Armageddon on the last day where Jesus sets foot on earth, terra firma, puts his foot on the ground, okay? Before that happens, there is another rapture of the two witnesses that were killed. They're on CNN, the whole world sees them in parties for three days. Then they are resurrected, they come back to life and they are raptured. And as everyone on TV sees these two guys that are resurrected from the dead, that they've been celebrating their death for three days, everyone's gonna be looking up, the camera's gonna be looking up and as you're looking, as the two witnesses go up, That's when you see Jesus on the white horse coming down to the battle of Armageddon
3: and Lord of Lords. Yes, Yes, sir So
2: when people say pre-trib mid-trib post-trib You're all right (laughs) But let's identify Who's in those three raptures and what I want to focus on mostly today because there's so much controversy about it is the pre-tribulation rapture and you're gonna be shocked to find out that the foreshadowing of the pre-tribulation first occurs in scripture in the book of exodus the second book of the bible it is on mount sinai when moses is going up to mount sinai you see a picture it's in exodus chapter 24 and it's interesting you have to see these and remember there are patterns there are hints there are clues that god is giving you and these big words if you're looking for a rapture these big words jump out at you in exodus chapter 24 and it's those words come up or come up here you'll see that all throughout scripture And when you see those words come up here, they're not put there on accident. God is saying that because he is establishing a pattern. He is giving you a foreshadow. And when Moses in Exodus chapter 24 was commanded to come up or to go up on Mount Sinai, Exodus chapter 24 gives us a description of God's throne. And you'll see a description of God's throne again in the book of Ezekiel. So you'll see it in Exodus chapter 24 and you'll see it in, uh, Ezekiel, um, hold on. My computer's freezing up here. You'll see it in Ezekiel chapter one and Ezekiel chapter 10. So what you have to notice in Exodus chapter 24 and in the book of Ezekiel, when it gives you a picture of God's throne, it just dis- go read it go read exodus chapter 24. it says at god's feet in exodus was a pavement and the pavement was sapphire now god's throne is stationary on mount sinai because he was there for 40 days and 40 nights so there was no reason for the throne to be moved around in ezekiel the throne is moving so there are four angels underneath the throne And Ezekiel describes that pavement above the cherubim's head, but still underneath the feet of God or underneath the throne. So you have these two descriptions of scripture in Exodus chapter 24, Ezekiel one and Ezekiel 10, which is showing you the throne of God. Why is it giving you a description of the pavement? of the parking lot. In both those descriptions, you will discover that God's throne is surrounded by an empty sapphire parking lot. Then there's another place where the throne of God is described in depth, and that is in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. It starts the description of the throne. You will notice that the empty parking lot description that you see in Exodus 24, and Ezekiel is not there because the throne is surrounded by all kinds of things, not just the church. You have 24 chairs, the 24 elders. You have the candlesticks, which Revelation chapter 1 identifies as the church. And then you have a massive sea of glass. That is a sea of people surrounding the throne of God, which was absent in the description in Exodus 24 and absent in the description in Ezekiel uh, 1 and 10. So you can only conclude from Scripture that Revelation 4, the scrolls have not been open yet, that before the 70th week of Daniel or before the, the tribulation period occurs, the church is present in heaven according to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. And a lot of confusion comes because people, and I thought this for many years, again, until I went to scripture. A lot of people think that the rapture of the church is the trigger point for the tribulation period. It is not. Daniel tells us that the trigger point for the tribulation period is the covenant that the Antichrist makes with Israel for seven years. That is the trigger point. Well. Then the new testament thessalonians and peter tell us that the antichrist cannot be revealed until the restrainer which is the holy spirit never leaves the earth it is so it is the holy spirit but it is the holy spirit inside of christians that is restraining and when the holy spirit inside of christians is moved from the earth then the antichrist can be revealed well how can the antichrist get into the covenant if he hasn't been revealed yet. So again, I am, I don't care when the rapture of the church occurs. I am telling you what I see from Scripture. And the only argument that I can think you could come up with is that Revelation chapter four is not describing the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel or the tribulation period and good luck with that. But that's Chris, but but so. Chris, I would just like to see.
1: Yeah, I, I would like to bring. Uh, I'd like to bring Sam in here. You you have you you have said a lot of things right now. Sam, where are you with all of this?
3: Well, I, I think whenever you look for those examples uh, in Scripture, you you see. Mount Sinai in Genesis 24. I understand exactly what you're saying. And, you know, in fact, Moses went up twice and I was waiting for that part to come in and whatever. But uh, you've got to be very in in scripture. I'm going to use some Greek words here. You've got to be careful. Just be careful that you uh, exegete and not eisegete. And that's something I, I, I have to I have to guard myself. I, I want to take scripture for what it means. And this is where I've got some Christian friends who uh, would push back. They're going to be in heaven with me. And this is all future. This is what we think it all says on some of it because it's future, we don't know all of it yet. We look through a glass dimly, we will know in full. And none of us on this deal know in full, okay? So I have to look and say, OK, I see everything saying I'm not disagreeing at all, but I'm just saying, OK, I want to ta- I want to go into scripture and take out of scripture what it says. in in the context and everything in which it is. And when you start pulling things in, you just got to be careful. Be careful. I'm not, right. so, I'm not disagreeing, but oh, I and exegeting, right. taking out of scripture is great. But when you start reading into scripture, things that are not actually that you gotta be real careful. That's all I'm saying is be careful. Sure. And, and again, Sam, I don't care if someone disagrees
2: with me, disagree with me, give me something else. Cause I'm just searching for the truth to make it simple. I see an empty parking lot in two cases in Scripture, and then I see a full parking lot. Yeah, that's a great sermon. Parking lots in heaven. Amen. <laughs> but, but let's go further into Exodus chapter 24. It goes further. First of all, we have those words come up, come up here, which is the same that we're going to hear uh, at the rapture of the church. We hear those same words. But here's something interesting. Before Moses could come, could go up to Mount Sinai, In Exodus chapter 24 that people had to be sprinkled with the blood of the new covenant good stuff and then I can go further I can go further revelation uh, the, the the tribulation period the scene up in heaven is described as the wedding supper okay So in Exodus chapter 24, I was just reading my Bible. Sam, I you know, I know about the rapture and stuff. When I read this, I was just reading the Bible. I wasn't trying to find a pre-tribulation rapture. okay? (laughs) so I I was just happened to be in Exodus at the time when these things were in my head and it was things were starting the empty part. I was like, hey, where's the Crystal Sea? Where's the 24 elders? They're not there but I see him later on but anyway so then um, Moses uh, uh, so it's Moses Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 elders of Israel go up okay and it says that they saw God and here's what if if the tribulation period, the scene in heaven is the wedding supper here's another thing that jumped out at me Sam just randomly out of the blue, it says they sat down and they ate. <laughs> and that's all it says. It doesn't say why, it doesn't it doesn't go into detail. But again, if if I'm seeing this as a foreshadow or a picture and that's of the preacher relationship.
3: Yeah, foreshadow. Yes, 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 yes. It's a it, shadow. It's not all the yes. concrete stuff, but you can see In the connection, in the background, and I'm agreeing with you, okay? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it's the kind of thing we just, the the foreshadow is a shadow. You don't see all the details, but by the time you get to Revelation, the details are laid out uh, specifically.
2: And I believe Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, that is the kickoff of the the 70th week of Daniel that is, you know, yet to be fulfilled
3: right
2: and that's where I am convinced through scripture and what I see that there is a pre-tribulation rapture or harpazo of the church and unless you can give me something else better scripturally I'm convinced and and again here's the thing though the purpose of Well, there's lots of purposes of prophecy, which we discussed in week one. But one of the purposes of prophecy and studying it is when it occurs to recognize it when it is occurring. And so before, when I would disfellowship somebody that didn't believe in the pre-tribulation rapture or whatever, I've stopped that. Because there are brilliant men, spirit-filled men, men that I have teachers that I have learned, learned from, they are brilliant, way smarter than me. And they're not seeing what I'm seeing. But we also know the character of God to fulfill his purposes. He will put a veil over people's eyes and hide certain things from them. And I believe that the controversy, even among the church, keeps going because God wants us to keep talking about it, he wants us to keep discussing it and disagreeing about it so it's always out in the forefront so that when the rapture of the church does occur instead of people going hey that's aliens you know kidnapping people or whatever no people are going to say prophecy is occurring that is a fulfillment of revelation chapter 4 exodus 24 and ezekiel on that podcast that I heard that crazy Chris guy talking about. uh, And you will recognize it when it happens. That's why I believe that Holy Spirit-filled people, God does not, for whatever reason, allow them to see it and to see what I'm seeing from Scripture, because He wants that controversy. He wants it in the forefront. He wants people talking about it.
3: Well, and I think that's part of when Scripture says, stir one another up. uh, for good deeds and whip people's appetites for things that are, but I don't see you. I don't see pastors doing anymore. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I, you may you may have a whole list of guys uh, in the mid thirties and younger who are really, but it, it, it's not even on radar. The church has gone silent. Yeah. Gone silent on because these they holy don't history. know. They don't know the, the rapture has yes, been a taboo. Told.
2: And it's but, like it's it's nothing to be scared of because I don't care. God's going to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, now, how he wants to do it. What I believe doesn't matter. But I, I, I'm no, just but, telling but you, I, this is what Scripture this is, my, is telling I, I'm,
3: me. I'm, I'm glad and excited about a podcast like this. <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I, I want to whet people's appetite. I hope they listen in and get a taste and say, wow, I don't know anything about, it. I want to study, I want to find out, I, I need to know more about this, I need to share this with my people, I need to do a sermon series on this, I need, I, I this is what I do, I coach church planters across denominational lines all over America and in the world, okay, and I'm not talking about a dozen or two, I'm talking about hundreds, I, and I've coached, I've been there church planting coats. And I've been the master coach for, and, I, and I, but I see the younger generations, there is a vacuum, a vacuum, and this is one area that the, no one's speaking into the vacuum. I wish we had a, a 30, 35-year-old on here that would be speaking into the vacuum. And if, and if they didn't grow up in a church where it was taught, where are they going to get it? Because they're not getting it at seminary anymore. You bring up a good point, Sam. Um, it,
1: in the last two or three years, uh, the only person that I've heard speak about this uh, has been uh, Joseph Prince. Uh, and like him or not, he, I, I think he brought a really good message on, on the end times. Uh, Lindy and I just listened to it uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, I think it was really timely. And it, I, was, I was glad that somebody of his caliber right. actually spoke about it. So, and uh, we're coming to time where we've, I, I, I don't know where 59 minutes an hour has gone. Um, <laughs> and uh, just uh, before we, we end, uh, Chris, any last thoughts? Uh, any, anything that you want to add before we, we finish up?
2: yeah again there's no topic to be scared of in the bible but but you have to just be ready and prepared to let scripture speak to you don't come to scripture with your own ideas and your own preconceived notions just let when you go to scripture when you read it let it speak to you like i said when i came this i i was convinced there was a pre-tribulation rapture but if if it's not in scripture and to be quite honest, when I first started looking, I was like, "Hey, there is really like no one scripture that puts the rapture before the 70th week of Daniel." I had to do some digging, and I just let, I, I just let it come. You know, let Scripture speak to me, and it it is what it is, and this is what I see. And if you see something different, you'll notice. I I just gave you Scripture. That's all I did. If you have other scriptures and can go somewhere else, then I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. And if you don't see what I see, I believe the controversy is actually, God is using that to fulfill His plan and to fulfill His will, His will on earth, so that when these prophecies start occurring, there's not going to be any doubt. You're going to know that prophecy is occurring and that Jesus Christ is is soon to return and set his foot on planet earth to rule and reign for a thousand years. And we'll continue uh, the discussion on the rapture next week.
1: Sam, uh,
2: any thoughts,
3: last thoughts from you? I'm just sitting here processing a lot that that Chris has shared tonight and he's done a good job. I was sitting here as you were talking just in the last 30 seconds and I'm thinking, you know, Moses was the penman, God was the author, but he wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And he wrote this, so here he is and he's writing Exodus 24. But then you go over to Deuteronomy 29:29, and he writes, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. It's not for us to know all things, but the things that he has revealed to us are for us and our children. And I, I, one of these days, when we get to heaven and that great crowd of witnesses, it's going to be Moses. And after I spend a million years at the feet of Jesus, I'm going to finally pull Moses aside and say, "Hey, Moses, let's talk a minute. You know <laughs> what, what what was really going on there on Mount Sinai? You know, and, uh, and I, I have a biology background. I never forget. I'd read through Exodus and all that before, but when I read it, I was 26 years old and it jerked my chain. Moses went up on Mount Sinai and he has a supernatural, absolute fast. He went without 40 days without food and water. No water for 40 days, that messed with my mind. He came down, broke the Ten Commandments. He went up another 40 days, he went 80 days. No food, no water. I wanna meet that dude. (laughs) <laughs> and i i, I, I I'm, I'm eager to say okay when you wrote exodus what were you what was the what was going on and now that you're in heaven he's been there now a long time and i i want to hear his take on what it was it's like from his perspective it's, it's going to be fun heaven's going to be a blast amen thank you gentlemen for for
1: chiming in and, and talking and uh um my last thoughts are that this is not anything that we need to be afraid of. It's it's not, and we said this in in, in the past couple of uh, uh, episodes that it's not Jesus coming on a rescue mission. Um, it's 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 God coming back for His church, and uh, it's nothing to be afraid of. I'm actually I'm I'm really excited to see the prophecies being fulfilled. Um, I told Sam earlier today that. I didn't think it was going to happen in my lifetime i i, I didn't i really didn't think I, it was going to be for my children and now i'm not so sure how old my children are going to be when when this thing happens just because of what's going on in the world and it's important to keep your eyes on the world and Israel uh, as the marker and like Sam said, uh, Gog Magog is, is unfolding in front of our eyes, I believe that it's unfolding on, in front of our eyes, Absolutely. watch Russia, watch Iran, uh, watch Turkey, their lines that they're forming and, and, and see Israel responds to that and um, just in 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 the, in the whole of prophecy and, and, and how it's going. And it's, it's nothing to be afraid of. God will always take care of His kids. God will always take care of His people. You know, the Israelites walked the desert and they had meat and bread. They had air conditioner and they had a heater at night. So if He did that for them, how much more will He do, like Sam said, under the dispensation of grace for us uh, in this day and time? Um, Thank you guys for joining and thank you guys for listening and um, like Sam said, go and dig and find these scriptures for yourself. We want to get you to a place where you are looking and going into the scriptures for yourself and uh, um, if you're listening to this and you're not a pastor or a teacher, go to your pastor and start challenging him to share these things. Uh, Otherwise, we don't get the message out and and the church will stay dormant about these things. And uh, I know that's a big challenge for some of you. But go and and, and listen and and challenge your pastors and see what they have to say about the issue and force them to start studying and searching scripture for that. So thank you guys for this evening. God bless you. And uh, join us again next week as we continue with uh, looking at uh, the rapture and uh, where we're going to go. Uh, Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.
0: This was the Signs of the Times podcast from Joshua Nations. We hope you enjoy. Dig deeper into the Word of God through this time and share this with your friends. Follow us online at joshuanations.org, also on Facebook and Instagram.